Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about osteomalacia. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash osteomalacia or in the rheumatology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Osteomalacia is a condition where there is defective bone mineralization, and this results in soft bones. Osteo means bone and malacia means soft. This is a result of insufficient vitamin D and it presents with weak bones, bone pain, muscle weakness and fractures. When this occurs in children prior to their growth plates closing, it leads to a condition called rickets. So first let's talk about the pathophysiology. Vitamin D is a hormone, so Most people think it's a vitamin, but technically it's a hormone that's created from cholesterol in the skin in response to UV radiation, so ultraviolet light. Patients with darker skin require longer periods of sun exposure to generate the same quantity of vitamin D as somebody with lighter skin. A standard diet generally contains inadequate levels of vitamin D to compensate for a lack of sun exposure. So if the patient's not getting enough sun exposure, it's unlikely that their diet will contain enough vitamin D. So reduced sun exposure without vitamin D supplementation leads to vitamin D deficiency. Patients with malabsorption disorders, for example inflammatory bowel disease, are more likely to be vitamin D deficient because they're not absorbing as much vitamin D from the diet. The kidneys are essential in metabolizing vitamin D into its active form. Therefore, vitamin D deficiency is also common in chronic kidney disease. Vitamin D is essential in calcium and phosphate absorption from the intestines and the kidneys. So without vitamin D, it's difficult for the intestines or the kidneys to absorb calcium and phosphate into the blood. Vitamin D is also responsible for regulating bone turnover and promoting bone reabsorption to boost the blood calcium level. Therefore, inadequate vitamin D leads to a lack of calcium and a lack of phosphate in the blood. Since calcium and phosphate are required for the construction of bones, low levels of calcium and phosphate result in defective bone mineralization. Low calcium causes a secondary hyperparathyroidism, because remember the parathyroid gland is trying to raise the blood calcium level. Therefore, when there's a low calcium level, the parathyroid gland produces too much parathyroid hormone to try and compensate so you get a hyperparathyroidism. Parathyroid hormone stimulates increased reabsorption from the bones and this causes further problems with bone mineralization. So how does it present? Well, patients with vitamin D deficiency and osteomalacia may not have any symptoms but some potential symptoms or clues can be fatigue or chronic tiredness, bone pain, muscle weakness, muscle aches and pathological or abnormal fractures. So a quick Tom tip for you, think about the risk factors for vitamin D deficiency in your exams and in your clinical practice. Patients with osteomalacia are likely to have risk factors such as darker skin, low exposure to sunlight, living in colder climates, 
and spending the majority of their time indoors. So key groups of people that might be affected are people that live in northern areas, elderly people or people in nursing homes where they spend most of their time inside, people that wear clothing such as headscarves that cover a large portion of their skin, and people with low sun exposure and dark coloured skin that may not be able to generate enough vitamin D. So how do we investigate? Well the first is a test for the vitamin D level and you do that by testing for the serum 25-hydroxyvitamin D which is the lab test for vitamin D. The interpretation of the results is as follows. Less than 25 nanomoles per litre indicates vitamin D deficiency. 25 to 50 nanomoles per litre indicates vitamin D insufficiency and more than 75 nanomoles per litre is optimal. Other relevant investigations include the serum calcium, which is likely to be low, the serum phosphate, which may be low, the serum alkaline phosphatase, which may be high, the parathyroid hormone, which may be high due to the secondary hyperparathyroidism. X-rays may show osteopenia, which is basically more radiolucent or more see-through bones on the x-ray and a DEXA scan can show a low bone mineral density. So what's the treatment? Well the treatment is with supplementary vitamin D which is prescribed as cholecalciferol. There are various regimes that are suggested by NICE for treating vitamin D deficiency and they all involve initially correcting the vitamin D deficiency with a loading regime so this could be 50,000 international units once weekly for six weeks, 20,000 international units twice weekly for seven weeks, or 4,000 international units daily for 10 weeks. After they've been treated for the vitamin D deficiency, they should have a maintenance supplementary dose of 800 international units or more per day, which should be continued for life after the initial treatment because they're already at higher risk of developing further vitamin D deficiency. Patients with vitamin D insufficiency, so levels between 25 and 50 nanomoles per litre, can be started on the maintenance dose without the initial treatment regime. So thanks for listening to this episode on osteomalacia. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on the topic, and all the other podcast episode topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. If you don't fancy picking up a copy of the book, you can find all the notes as well as videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. And if you want to help me out, I'd be really grateful for a rating or a review on the iTunes store. And I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on Paget's Disease of the Bone.